All right. So, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. On the screen, if you don't have your Bible, if you want to stand, it's fine. If you want to sit, that's fine. Whichever you'd like to do. This is really loud sounding. I'll just hold it down. We'll adjust it later. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ, everybody say the love of Christ, constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, and that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Verse 14 says, the love of Christ. That's going to be my subject today. It's coming from that verse 14, that phrase, the love of Christ. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. Just ask you to help us today. We give you praise, glory, and honor, Lord. Help us in everything, God, we do, Lord, in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. Church, say amen. 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 The love of Christ. Everybody say that, the love of Christ. On our best day, we are still very, very human, are we not? Um, on our best day when we feel like we love everybody we run into to be honest it doesn't take much to make us hate everybody we run into anybody agree with me <laughs> we can take a really good day and go south real fast and so many people think that love is a feeling I've said this a lot as of lately and truth of the matter, love is not really a feeling. Love is a decision. And I know when we love someone or we love something, we have feelings that are, that are very much involved. Um, you know, you, Corbin's there with Bethany this morning, and I think about how can I love something so little, so much? But then you look at some people and they take their child and they take and just leave it in a garbage dumpster. So love is really, it is a decision. You have to decide, I'm going to love. But when it comes to God, His love is different than our love. 1 John 4.16 says, God is, we know this, God is love. Everything about God is love. Everything about Him. This world that he's created, he created it because of love. Everything about him is because of love. He, the very essence of who he is, is love. Amen. And I, I know some will say, well, how can a loving God allow bad things to happen and send people to hell? That's the question you hear a lot of time. Now that, that is another subject for another time, but in a nutshell, God loves us enough that he he made us to make our own, cho own choices, our own decisions. He loves us enough not to violate our will. He loves us enough not to uh, just make us puppets to do whatever we, whatever we want to do. But because that, honestly, that's not really love, is it? If if you had a spouse or kids, and the only reason they loved you is because you made them love you, that's not love. 
But when they choose to love you, when they choose to uh, care about you, it is decision. That, that is uh, what love really is all about. And God gave us that opportunity that, okay, today I feel real lovable. I feel like loving everybody, but if you cross me wrong, I can decide not to love no more today. That's the humanity part of us. I can decide, no, I'm, I'm not... I'm not treating, I've been good all day long. I'm not treating nobody else good. God gave us that decision that we could choose to love him. But now when it comes to God, he is bound by his love. And he loves us because God is love. Everything about him is love. That's why the, probably the most famous verse in the Bible is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Again, God is love, and the kind of love that God is, is a giving love. John 15, 13 uh, says that greater love hath no man than this, than the man will lay down his life for his friends. God so loved the world that he gave. That's the kind of love that he has. He gives our love so many times in humanity uh, is based on feelings. Well, if uh, today you're not making me feel good, so I don't love you. Today you're not doing what I want you to do, so I don't love you. That's why people say, I fell out of love. You know, honestly, that, that's not really true. We don't fall out of love. We just decide to quit loving because real, real love, the kind of God that, that kind of love that God has is that I'm going to love you even when you're unlovable. I'm going to love you. The, the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. Love overlooks the flaws and the, the imperfections. And now um, Corbin is absolutely a handsome young man, but you, you, you know as well as I do, all babies are not cute. And I, and I don't feel like I'm saying it just because he's my grandson, but that, that he's a handsome young man. But I'm going to tell you what, I've seen some kids that Oh, he's so cute. No, he's not. It's ugly. But that mama that's looking at that kid, it doesn't matter what it looks like, she still loves that kid. She loves that kid because it's, it's, it's mine. I created it. It's part of me. And the, the secret to love is to give, is to share that others may benefit from our life. And that's what God done. He's like, He created this world that he could share it with us. And that's what the Garden of Eden was all about. He created that garden that they could, uh, that Adam and Eve could share his creation with him and he could have fellowship. He looked forward to going and walking with them in the garden and, and communing with them. But he still, in that garden, gave them a choice. Everybody says, well, there's too many rules in the church. No, that's not the problem. The problem is that we have to choose to love God and live for God and choose to love each other and other people. And because he put one rule in that garden that's don't eat of that one tree. And if you were not here Thursday night, you need to go to the podcast. You need to listen to my message from then where I talked about love being our first and greatest talent. God gave us the greatest gift that he ever gave us. I, and I studied this this morning. I wish I'd closed it when, he, when God was talking to the church of Ephesus, what did he tell them? You've left your first love, which was him. And that is the first and greatest commandment, or first greatest talent that we'll ever have in our life is, is to love because God is love. And if we're, gonna, if 
we are to conform into the image of Jesus, we have to love like him. If we're going to conform into to, uh, who he is, then we need to, to love like he does. Because Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of love. If we want to know how to love people, we need to look at what Jesus done while he was on this world. And this is why I'm talking about this subject today, about the love of Christ. Because the love of Christ should be what we do in our lives. We, Jesus Christ, the, the begotten Son, was given to the world to share his mercy and his grace to everyone. God robed himself in flesh as Jesus and delivered his greatest love through the Son, through the man Christ Jesus at Calvary. Just like this right here that we see. At Calvary, he gave his greatest, was gave his all to us. Amen. Became the ultimate sacrifice. And it wasn't enough for God to just speak from heaven and say, I love you, world. Because real love shows action. Real love means you're doing something. You're, you're giving of yourself. And the love of Christ was seen when Jesus dying on that cross for our, sin, our sins. The greatest love that there ever was. We've seen at Calvary. And if we are to reach this world like Jesus did, then we've got to conform to His image. Who He is. God is love. And Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. Amen. And He was talking about these greater works of His love. What what he done while he walked on this earth. The three and a half years that we have recorded of him walking on this earth. We, if we can conform to what he done then, we can make a difference in this world. That is the love of Christ that this world needs right now. There's people out there that's, that's facing identity crises. They're facing all these things in the world. And, and we think we need more programs or we need this and that. What we need is the more love of Christ in this world. Because if they can feel the love that God shed on that cross that if they can feel that love in their life, it'll make a difference in their world. Amen. And if we are to conform to his image so we can reach this world, then we need to know what his love done while he was on this earth. Now, his love done a lot of things, but I've picked a few things tonight that I think can make a difference in our church, make a difference in our life, make a difference in our family, that'll help our church grow. We're, our, our goal is to multiply this year. And the greatest way to multiply is love. Love. And, and I want to talk about some different types of love that we see Jesus demonstrate while on this earth. And the first one I want to talk about is the fact that he had a love that he shared. Sharing love. Jesus, he opened the eyes of the blind. He healed the lepers. He caused the deaf and the dumb to be able to hear and to speak. He raised the dead. He gave that power to his disciples. He didn't just do it himself. He said, I want you to be able to do it too. And he gave that power to his disciples over all the forces of the devil. Jesus gave us an example that we ought to love one another by what he has empowered us with. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Everybody say love one another. How did he say to love one another? As I have loved you. That ye also love one another. And then here's the, the powerful thing of that verse, this, this, these passages, the next verse. 
Verse 35. He said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one to another. As Jesus Christ loved us, we are to love one another. We're, um, we're not disciples of Jesus by just trying to build a huge facility in Marion, Kentucky. That would be great. I'd love to have the biggest church in Marion. But I don't want to have the biggest church and not love. We're, we're not just disciples of Jesus by uh, um, getting to the church every week. Whether small amount or large amount, it doesn't matter. That doesn't make us a disciple of Jesus. We're disciples of Jesus if we love one another. If we share what God's done for us. If we don't, then we're not his disciples. We can't, I, I mentioned the other night, we can't walk into church and, and we have a brother or sister on the other side and we don't even speak to them, we don't communicate with them, and we don't love them. We'd rather them not be in church. That doesn't make us, that's not showing the love of Christ. But Jesus shared his love. We are to share our love to everybody. How do, we, how do we love? How do we love our neighbor? We're gentle. We're kind. Now, we're human. We're not going to do this all the time, okay? We're not going to get this perfect. But the best that we can, we need to be as gentle as we can, as much as we can. We need to be as kind as we can. We need to be as considerate as we can. Somebody said, well, who's our neighbor? Well, you look at the Good Samaritan. That's the best way I know. Best example I know is, is the Good Samaritan. Uh, we had... The priest and Levite walked right by the guy laying in the ditch. Uh, and, and, but here comes the good Samaritan. What did he do? He got him out of the ditch. He, uh, he took him, put him on his own beast. He used his own money. He took care of him. Look, this is, this is what love looks like. And this is what Jesus done. He gave of himself to this world. And we're willing to give of this, ourselves to this world. Uh, uh, somebody I've had some people been texting me this week uh, uh, from from another church. Some people kind of looked at me as a mentor, and, and they're saying, "Hey, look, uh, uh, I'm getting a large income tax this year, and I'm wanting to bless my my brother or my sister with with this. I want you to pray about it." Matter of fact, the person looking to, maybe to receive it, they they sent me a message too, say, "Hey, so and so's looking. They're they're getting a bunch of money and they're uh, from taxes, and they're wanting to buy us this or help us pay off bills, help us pray about it." And finally, I just said, "Look, this is a win-win situation for both of you. Amen. This is a win-win situation for both of you guys because if they can afford to give you the money, it's going to bless you, but it's also going to bless." them because you can't outgive God. Amen. So I said, just go ahead and do it anyway. I mean, unless for some reason God tells you not to. See, because when we give of ourselves, it is sharing what God has given us. If God's given you knowledge for something, He didn't give you knowledge to hold it back and not do nothing with it. He gave you knowledge to share it with somebody. If He's giving you finances, I'm not telling you to to uh, go broke or whatever, giving all your money away, but you won't go wrong. Amen. Now pay your bills, that's right. Pay your tithes, you're off, and that's right. We got to do that. But I'm just saying, Jesus showed us by sharing. He shared the power that he had with his disciples, and he said, now you go use it. And that's what his love does. And also while Jesus walked on this earth, he showed an endearing love in our lives. 
them coming in. He showed an endearing love. Okay, what do you mean by that? Endearing means to carry on through hardships to withstand stress or difficulty. Okay? Jesus endured hunger that we could be fed. He went 40 days without eating that he could receive power. He endured the shame. He endured the beating for our sake. Right? He endured the crown of thorns on his head. For what? For us. He endured the nails in his hands. For what? For us. He endured the stripes on his back. For us. Hebrews 12 2 says, Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. You ever thought about this verse? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He found it joy to endure the cross for us. That's endearing love. He despised the shame and was set down the right hand of the throne of God. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said about said to Timothy about endearing. 2 Timothy 2 and 10. He said, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake. The church. That's what he's talking about. The church's sake. That they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. We are to endure all things for the sake of Christ. For the sake of the church. For the, for the sake of seeing the gospel. We need to have an endearing love like Jesus had. What does that mean? We endure. We go through some trials. We go through some persecutions. We go through a we can go through a pandemic. We can endure through this. There's some people, I'm thankful you're here today. There's some people that's not enduring through this pandemic. We're not doing for I'm I'm not talking about, you know, as far as finances. I mean they this took them away from the church. They quit. We can endure the shame. We can endure the ridicule and live for him. Paul told Timothy to endure afflictions. Christ endured more than we will ever experience in our life. Now I know I'm not up here screaming and yelling. I'm just trying to teach you something here today. and Just say, look, there's a love. The love of Christ. We need inside of us. Because this world needs to see you endure some things in your life. You're going to go through heartaches. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through tests. I'll be real... I'll be real transparent. I, I, this week was kind of a tough week, week at, for me at work. Uh, my foreman was not being the greatest guy this week. You know what? I don't think I've done real well with it this week. I probably didn't show as much endearing love as I should have this week. Now, I didn't do nothing out of the way. I don't do nothing like that. But I was, I think I probably showed way too much frustration on my face and then whatever. And, and, and you know what? They need to see us when we're, they know we're going through things and saying, you know what? There's something different about them. Jesus tells us in Matthew 10, 22 that we will be hated of all men for his name's sake. But if we endure to the end, we shall be saved. Church, we can endure all things. We can hold on to that endearing love of Jesus. Endearing love. You know what, you know what endearing love does? It keeps marriages together. It keeps it keeps uh, friendships together it keeps churches together 
It keeps relationships of all kinds together. When you can say, hey, we've been through some highs and we've been through some lows, but we've endured it and we made it through it. This is our 15th year at the church. I would have hoped that we'd had a whole lot more people that's a part of this church, but you know what? We're still here. We're still endearing. And we're going through this. Amen. As a child of God, we can make it with that endearing love of Jesus in our life. Another type of love that we've seen with Jesus was faithful love. Everybody say faithful. Jesus was faithful all the way to death. Even on the cross, he was faithful. He was faithful in everything that he does. His faithfulness service. He was, he was faithful to his cause to make sure that as many as he could could hear about the salvation. And if we are to have his image, we need to demonstrate some faithful love to this world. We should be faithful to the house of God. I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. Give yourself a good hand. Glad you're in the house of God. Faithful. We should be faithful to giving. Faithful to giving of our time, our self, our substance. The kingdom of God. We need to be faithful to praise and worship. Not just in the house of God, but just every day. Our life should be exemplified that I, my life worships God and magnifies Him. Where, it, it, this kind of goes with the endearing thing. When people see me going through things, I'm still faithful. Whether it's a good day or a bad day, everybody sees it. I'm faithful to praise and worship the Lord. We need to be faithful in reading the Word. Faithful in prayer. Faithful to our friends. Faithful to our spouse. We, if we remain faithful in this life, the Bible lets us know in Luke 19 and 17 that we're going to rule over cities and, and kingdoms if we'll just be faithful. If we can remain faithful in the death, the Bible says in Revelations 2 and 10 that we shall receive a crown of life. If we can stay faithful to the end of this thing, Brother David, we're going to have a crown that he's going to put upon our, on our heads. And, and to, be con to conform to the image of Jesus means that we have a faithful love. We know we can depend on them loving us. We're not afraid to uh, uh, be honest with, with, uh, with God because He knows. I mean, it needs to be this way that we can be faithful to God because we know that He loves us. You know, those that I love dear and I know that love me, I don't care to be honest with them. Because I know that they may hurt my feelings, but anything they say or do to me is because they love me. It's a faithful love. It's been, there's been more than one person I have towed. And, um, and if I haven't told you this, it's probably because you've not been in the place of where they are. But I've, I've told more than one person that's been a part of this church and told them and said, look, there's nothing you can do to make me not love you. Nothing you can do. I think some's tried to do that. Make me not love them. But I've told them, and said, there's nothing you can do. There's no bad thing you can go out and do. There's no... Uh, uh, no horrible act that you can commit that's going to stop me from loving you because I'm going to love you no matter what. And Brother Eddie, his love is so much bigger and greater than mine. We need that kind of love that people can 
depend on us having faithful love. Even though they're going through battles and they're going through trials and they're fighting addictions and they're fighting uh, uh, relationships they know they shouldn't be in, when they see us out on the streets, they need to know that, you know what, no matter what I'm doing, I know that brother, sister, and so-and-so, they're going to love me anyway. They're going to treat me right anyway. That's the kind of love that I'm talking about. And that's the kind of love that Jesus had. No matter what they'd done to him, on that cross, he was still faithful to love uh, love them. No matter what they'd done to him, he, he loved them no matter what. And, my, and, and that love that I'm talking about, that faithful love, it was fueled by another type of love that we need so desperately in our world. And that's a forgiving love. Because if you're going to have faithful love, it's going to be fueled by forgiving love. Because when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. Jesus, in his dying ire, forgave those that were against him. Those that nailed him on the cross, those that mocked him, ridiculed him, he just said, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And we need to demonstrate this forgiving love every day of our life. And that's not easy. It's not easy at all. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Peter came to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said to him, I said to thee until seven times, uh, until seven times, but until 70 times seven. That's 490 times. And I think that's just a number he was just throwing, just tagging along with that. I think what he's meaning is, look, you got to just keep on forgiving. We need to forgive others as Jesus forgave us. Our world would be a better place if we demonstrated a forgiving love that Jesus had. I was reading it this morning in the book of Mark, I think chapter 11 of my daily Bible reading, and, and just reading about uh, Jesus saying, look, if you don't forgive others... I'm not going to forgive you. That's hard. That's tough. But when we bring that down to reality is that there's somebody that you haven't forgiven. He's saying simply this. If you won't forgive somebody else, I'm not going to forgive you. That's tough. But that's the word. That's not me. That's what the word of God says, Brother Eddie. And we, we need that kind of love that no matter what somebody does to us, we can forgive them. Now listen, I'm not telling you forget it. Now, you may have to forget it to forgive them, but, uh, you know, if, uh, if, I, if I know there's a, you know, something, somebody's doing wrong to me or whatever, I'll forgive them, but that don't mean I'm going to be hanging out buddies with them, all right? Now, it may come a day that I might be able to do that, but but we need to learn how to forgive. Because that is the power of his love. That is the power. I said it a while ago. Love covers a multitude of sins. How many times have you heard parents with kids that's on their wayward way and their kids have done things and, 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 and the parents just keep loving them, keep reaching for them, keep trying to provide for them, keep doing what they can for them. Where do we get that? That's the love of God. That's what God does. He said, I'll go with you all the way to the end. He's going to keep on. He's just and faithful. If we'll ask Him, He will forgive us. And we need to say, share the same kind of love to this world. Amen. Greater works shall you do. How are we going to do the greater works, Brother David? If we don't share the love of Christ. 
The love of Christ is a forgiving love. It's also a saving love. Now, hear me out with this. We don't save nobody, okay? I can't save anybody. But while Jesus on the cross, the man had cried out for mercy, and Jesus gave him mercy. In Jesus' earthly ministry, how many times did he say, Go your way, your sins be forgiven? His willingness to die on the cross was an act of save, a saving love for this whole world. He done it to save this world. Okay? We know the scriptures that Jesus come to save and heal and proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Luke 19 10 says he come to seek and to save that which was lost. Again, we cannot save anyone. But when he saves us, when we've been born again of the water and the Spirit, we have something living on the inside of us that we can share with somebody else that will save them. Amen. I was talking to Alex. He wrote, he got, they dropped him off earlier today. Somebody, his dad did, I guess. They moved and we didn't know where they was. So he said, I want to make sure you knew where I was. So dad dropped me off and he rode with me on the bus trip today and he talked to me a whole lot about church and he said, he was saying this, he said, you know, i I want to just know more about God and love God and, and learn everything I can about God. He said about all the gospel music he'd been listening to. He'd been listening to Jewish music. I'm not sure what that sounds like, but he'd tell me he'd been listening to some Jewish music and this and that. And He said, I, I'm really thinking about it. I just want to go get in a cave and just, just be me and God. I said, well, that's, that's not a bad idea, Alex. I said, but honestly, that's not what God wants us to be. He wants us to just go get in a cave and stay there. I said, because when God saves us, He wants us to give this world the same thing we got. So we can't save anybody, but we can help somebody be saved by sharing what we have in our life. Sister Janet, we can share with people our testimony. And that does two great things. The Bible says that by the word of your testimony, you're made an overcomer. That's why we have a lot of people today that lives in a defeated lifestyle because they're not sharing the testimony of how God has saved them and brought them out of what God's done. When we share our, God, our, our testimony, you know what it does? It encourages somebody else. It helps them be saved and also gives us power, hallelujah, to, to uh, uh, go a little bit farther. And, and here's the thing. We need to just go forth telling everybody what God has done for us. That's the saving power of the gospel. And when we think about the disciples, we had two that sticks out of my mind, Judas and Peter. Both of them messed up on that day. All of them did, but we see these. Both of these wept bitterly. Judas wept bitterly because he knew he had betrayed Jesus. But Peter wept bitterly because he had betrayed Jesus. But Peter, he asked, he went and wept and he got forgiveness. And, and Judas must have just been feeling sorry for his, what he'd done and he hung himself. So Peter had been forgiven of, of the fact that he had betrayed Jesus. And on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, Peter stood up and he preached the gospel on that day, on, on the day of Pentecost, with a saving love to let everybody know, hey, this is what he's done for me. Jesus had just been crucified. Knowing that Jesus had just been crucified not too long ago, he knew that they killed Jesus and they could kill me, but Peter preached anyway. 
He was concerned and loved the lost souls of his generation more than what his feelings was at that time. And this is that's that's that that love that I'm talking about today, that saving love, when it goes beyond what we think about uh, being afraid of what somebody might think about us, we realize that, hey, there's a love inside of me that I've got to share it to help save somebody else. And if we show the love of Christ, we'll share this gospel to anyone and everybody we can. While we're here on this earth, we need to have a saving love on the inside of us. And the saving love is when we look into somebody's eyes, no matter what they've done, no matter what that person's been through, we can look at them and think, you know what? I love them. Sister Vesta um, Mangan said, your eyes has not ever contacted anybody else's eyes that God did not love. Doesn't matter how bad they are, how bad they've been. God loves them. And when we got that saving love, the love of Christ in us, we'll look beyond their faults. We'll look beyond their issues. We'll look beyond what they're doing. And we'll love them. That's the saving love. In the last love here I want to talk about, there's, there's so many different ways that Jesus loved, but the last one I want to talk here is his love was a, it was a conquering love. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave because of his love for us. He conquered the pyres of hell on that cross for us. Today he stands as the world's greatest conqueror. Some of you may not know who he is, but Carmen just passed away within the last week or so. You didn't know that? He was, when I was growing up, he was the guy who done the Christian rap. It's not like Christian rap now, but he's a phenomenal singer, but he just passed away in a long battle of cancer. Um, but he used to do a song they called The Champion. And Jesus is the champion. He went through this. Uh, you just need to search Carmen if you never heard him. You just need to go listen to him. He, uh, a lot, we've done a lot of songs actually here and acted them out with, with the music of Carmen. But he, he said that he's the champion. And Jesus is the champion. He's the champion of love. He's the champion that's conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's conquered more than Alexander the Great ever conquered. He's conquered more than Caesar and Napoleon and all the great conquerors of time. And Jesus done his conquering through love. And the things that we're battling in our life, if you are to win this battle and make heaven your home, it's going to come through a conquering love. When we are changed into the image of Jesus, we can go forth with that conquering love and we not only it sets us free, Sister Janet, but we can set other people around us free. Because we conquer. Because that love is on the end of it. We can conquer our temptations that we're fighting. We can conquer the forces of Satan. 
Paul said in Romans 8.37 that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And I'm going to close today with these several, several scriptures. I, I will talk about it here as I walk through it here. These last scriptures in 1 John 4, 7 through 9. says this, Beloved, this, this right here just talks about the love of God. This, this is the love that we need. This is the love of Christ. These passages of scriptures that I'm fixing to read, this is the love of Christ. And this is, if we can get this in our life, we're going to make a difference in our world, our church. We're going to multiply. We're going to, ourselves will multiply. We'll multiply our church. The gospel will get in our city, our area, wherever we're at. Because this is who God is. God is love. But he said, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 8 is, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. This goes back to what I talked about Thursday night. If you hadn't heard it, you need to go back and listen to it. it if we don't know God, we don't really know what love is. And we get to know Him. We, we change into His image. And, and we take on the greatest characteristic of who God is. Because love, it, it fuels the gifts of the Spirit. It, it, uh, matter of fact, if you look at uh, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, the very first fruit of the Spirit is love. You can't have any of the other fruits if you don't first start with love. It is His greatest attribute, and it needs to be our greatest attribute, or, or we're missing something. It's not the love of Christ. And, and He said, But he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this, this was manifest, the love of God towards us, but because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that He might live, that we might live through Him. The only way we're really going to live in this life is through the love of God in our life. Sit here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. And He sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. You know what he's saying there? That love is going to mature and grow up. Amen. Amen. See, hereby know, know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. You know what this is saying? If you're confessing that Jesus, Son of God, you're realizing what that man Christ Jesus done in this world. That man Christ Jesus came to this world because he loved us. And we know him and believe the love that God to us. God is love. Somebody say that with me. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in Him. Listen, if, if we don't love people, then we're missing the love of Christ. Because that's exactly what His love is all about. A couple more verses here of this and I'll be done. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so 
are we in this world? Listen to verse 8. This is love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Here's the thing, okay? Our world right now is pushing fear so hard. Now, don't take me wrong. I know people's getting sick. People have died of the coronavirus, okay? But this world is pushing a fear. I seen a headline right now, at, uh, one day this week. It said, as virus numbers drop, uh, whoever it is is worried that we're going to relax. Look, I, I know we've got to be safe. We've got to be cautious. But we can't be afraid. We can't be afraid. Because here's the problem. Fear is the enemy of faith. Without faith in our God, we can't have real love. He said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. This perfect love, this is mature love. Because fear has torment. And when you're always worried and, and afraid that of whatever, it, it, it is... What it does, it, 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 it takes us to where we're not, okay, God, you, you're not who you say you are. This go, again, this goes back to what I talked about Thursday night. You, if you didn't hear it, you need to go hear it. It goes back to where we don't know him well enough that we don't believe that he loves us. Right? So if we know that he loves us, we know, okay, God, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you're with me. You're taking care of me. We don't have to be a victim of the circumstances of this world. We can let the love of Jesus Christ take over in our life. And the key to every issue of life is wrapped up in the love of Christ. And if we can get that love flowing and working through our lives, we'll make a difference in this world. I'm probably going to talk some more about love on some Sundays here as we go because I think it's a very, very important thing. We need more love in the church. We need more love in the church. I'm, um, I'm going to close with a song today. I try to anyway. And uh, if you'd like to come pray, you're welcome. Come pray today. So...